Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast. We're on episode 97, Stress. Yuck. Welcome to Intentional Leaders. This podcast is not just for leaders, rather for anyone who wants to make an impact on the world, professionally or personally. My passion and purpose is to provide tips, tools, and resources that I've learned throughout my career, working with large and small organizations, profit and non, and also as an entrepreneur. I've had the joy to teach thousands of individuals who, like you, are trying to navigate this crazy and complex world. So here's to doing that successfully and intentionally. Here's an important question for you. Are you stressed right now? Or what about in a few weeks when the holiday season begins? Will that bring stress to you personally, professionally? What about the people around you? Do you know people who are not stressed? And if they aren't, why aren't they stressed? What's wrong with them? (laughs) I mean, come on, isn't everybody a little bit stressed? I don't know if you're in a spot where you could write things down because maybe you're exercising or multitasking or doing something amazing, or maybe you're driving and please keep your hands on the wheel. But if you're not and you have the opportunity, it would be great if you could literally write everything down that you're stressed about right now. What is causing you stress personally, professionally, all the things, what are they? And just write them down. I asked a group recently to do this, actually a couple of groups, and they said, man, that's kind of therapeutic and kind of overwhelming when you look at all the things that stress us out. But I think it's really cool to look at this because today we're going to talk about what to do about it and not only what to do about it individually or personally or professionally for you, but how do you be a good coach to others about eliminating their stress? Because um, the pandemic isn't over, apparently. Someone told me today we're only halfway through. I'm like, what? (laughs) What is happening? How can we only be halfway through this? And I know people are still exhausted about it. People are still getting sick. We're still trying to balance work and life and kids and family and all the things in addition to, of course, the upcoming holiday season. I say that because it's early November right now. A few years ago, I came across this definition about stress, and it really resonated with me. I really found it fascinating, and it was by um, an American psychologist, and his name was Richard Lazarus. And he um, unfortunately passed in 2002. He rose to prominence in the 1960s, and he looked at stress, not just our physical reactions to stress, like that whole fight or flight and all the stress hormones that are released when we get stressed, but also our cognitive reactions to stress. He studied the relationship between both of them and how our cognitions influence our stress response, meaning how do you think about the stress? I want to share this definition with you because I think it would be super interesting to look then at your stress list and determine what to do about it. He said stress occurs when we think that the demands placed on us exceed the personal and social resources that we are able to mobilize. So what does that mean? What that means is in becoming stressed, we have to make two judgments. 
One is the primary evaluation. And he said that judgment is how do we think about the situation, the meaning we give to the situation. And we have to consider, is it harmful or threatening or challenging to us? So I think about going out in the woods and let's say you're on a hike and up in the distance, you see a bear who wouldn't be afraid because it's harmful. It's threatening. It's challenging. You'd have to figure out what the heck to do. Our adrenaline would start pumping and we would probably, many of us would probably be stressed. I think of maybe someone else who is a hunter and they might have a completely different reaction than I do. I'm feeling threatened potentially that this could be harmful to me. And it's challenging because I'm not quite sure what to do. Whereas someone who's regularly in the wilderness, someone who's a hunter, someone who has better skills than me might think differently about the situation. So primary evaluation is first, the meaning we give to it. And there are three things. Is it harmful? Is it threatening or is it challenging? So let's take this into a work situation. And how would you feel about any of these? Let's say your boss schedules a meeting with you at four o'clock on a Friday, or you have conflicting priorities on goals and you're not sure how you're going to complete the deliverables, all those deliverables by the deadline. Or maybe one of your best employees confides in you that they're considering not coming back from maternity leave. Maybe you hear a rumor that your company is considering layoffs. Maybe a trusted friend confides in you that they hear a rumor about you. All of those things we have to consider. Is it harmful? Is it threatening? Is it challenging? And I would think some of those might be potentially more threatening. And this doesn't mean physical threatening, but emotionally threatening than others. When we have conflicting priorities, for example, on important goals, and we're not sure how we're going to get everything done, that is probably a challenge. Is it harmful or threatening? Maybe not. It means that we have to prioritize. It means we have to look at our workload. It means that we potentially have to delegate That might be challenging, but is it really harmful or threatening? So as you think about your stresses, think about those three criteria. And that's the primary evaluation that Richard Lazarus talks about. It's our judgment and the meaning we give to the situation. Secondly, what he talks about is our secondary evaluation focuses on, do we have available resources? How oriented are we to resolve the situation? And he talks about the fact that there could be problem-solving strategies where we actually take action or we can regulate our emotions. So by focusing on our emotions, we look at our emotional reactions and think about them in a more effective or functional way. For Richard Lazarus, it looks like this. We have something that's stressful, and the first thing we do is interpret it. Is it challenging? Is it threatening? Is it harmful? Secondarily, we look and we say, do we have sufficient resources or not to cope with the stress? And when we think about our coping skills, we can go into problem solving mode or emotion focused solution. And those are the things that are affecting our ability to cope with a situation. And I think what's really interesting about this is perception is the key. 
So something that I might be really stressed about, maybe not at all to you stressful, or something that you consider as highly stressful, I would look at that and think, huh, really? And that's why perception is the key. How are we interpreting it? And is it dangerous to us or not? And how are we going to think about coping with it? I think that's kind of a cool model. And I think it's such a cool model because a lot of times we just talk about generalized stress. It's so easy these days to say, hey, I'm stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. And mostly it's socially acceptable to do it. But you know what? That doesn't even help us. It doesn't help our coping skills when we just talk about our stress in a very generalized way. If we don't label it, if we don't look at it, it's harder to execute on a problem-solving strategy. And it's much more difficult to cope with it if it's just some unnamed general feeling that we have. So we got to tackle that bad boy by labeling it first, understanding it, and then we go through the process of identifying what we're going to do to cope with that situation. I came across these stress strategies many years ago. I think I've actually had them in a previous podcast, but they're the four A's. And I don't know who came up with it, but I think they're brilliant. The four A's that we can think about what to do with our stress is to avoid, alter, adapt, or accept. The best practice here is to think about the thing that is stressing you and then choose one or more of these strategies to take action. Some of these are more problem solving. Some of these are more focused on emotions. So the first A is to avoid. That means we're making a choice in where we spend our time or energy. And think about this. When you think about how busy you are at work, I would also ask you, how many meetings do you go to that you don't need to be at? That's a great example of avoid. Is there anything that you could do in terms of your personal energy, where you're spending your time, that would be more high gain than what you're doing today that would affect that stress? Let's say you have conflicting priorities on really important goals. You're not sure how you're going to spend your time. You could absolutely avoid some people, some meetings, some social events, some things that you would typically want to do but you choose not to in order to tackle that thing that is stressing you out. This could be short-term avoidance. I'm not talking about avoiding work or avoiding people forever, but in the short term, that can absolutely be a great strategy. And also, same thing applies personally. When we think about how much we do for our family, for people that we care about, for our kids, are there times where we could conserve our energy or spend our energy in a different way? Sometimes we have to put ourselves first to get something done in a way that alleviates our stress and contributes to our positive mental health. The second strategy is to alter, which means you are changing yourself or your situation. This comes down to what can you control? How can you influence or change yourself or your situation? I think about the prioritization and think about how I'm spending my time when I have something very urgent to complete. I can lock myself in a room. Well, it's easy for me to do because I actually am locked in a room right now (laughs) all by myself. 
might be harder for you to do, but think about altering yourself or your situation means that you carve out some specific time to deal with what you need to deal with, or you can change your situation in order to alleviate some of the stress. There was a a person that was in a class recently, and she was talking about a very, very difficult situation at work with her manager. And I kept thinking like, okay, she can't avoid her manager. She can try to change herself and try to change the relationship with her manager. She also might eventually need to change her situation. That could be a last resort, but it may have to be an option if she can't change herself or use one of the other strategies. So altering means that. Adapting is kind of a funky one because this is about observing our thoughts, our attitudes, and how we talk to ourselves. Now, that seems kind of crazy, like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) But when we tell ourselves, for example, that we can't cope, when we say we're overwhelmed, when we say that we're too stressed out, without looking at what is creating the stress, listing it out, labeling it, identifying what it is, if we don't observe our thoughts and the way we talk to ourselves, sometimes we think things are more harmful or threatening or even challenging than they really are because we insert emotional drama. (laughs) And that does not help when it comes to changing our mindset and tackling a problem because we have a negativity bias in our brain and we can't believe everything our brain is telling us. Our thoughts are not facts. If our brain is saying, oh my gosh, you can't cope with this, Cindy. You don't know what to do. You don't have enough time. You're never going to get this done. I don't have to choose to believe that. But if I don't even realize that that's what I'm telling myself, that I'm actually setting myself up to be more stressed then I'm not going to change that mindset and I'm not going to be able to calm down my brain in order to focus on the problem. Adapting is about observing our thoughts and regulating the emotional reactions we're having. Eliminate the drama, focus on the facts, what needs to get done. And number four is acceptance. Oh my goodness. You know how many times hear people say in your life, oh my gosh, the workforce, it's so hard to get good people. It's so hard to retain people. Oh my gosh, I hear things about the different generations and generational judgments, and I hear all kinds of stuff that is reality. And people believe that that's not fair. But you know what? Life is not fair. Life isn't supposed to be fair. We do. That's another bias we have. In addition to the negativity bias, we think life should be fair. And a lot of times we don't just accept reality. We create drama around it because we want it to be something different than it is, thereby just stressing ourselves out all the more by what we're telling ourselves rather than just accepting reality. A couple weeks ago, I <laughs> it was the night before a class and I realized I didn't have that class ready. And I was like, oh my gosh, what happened? What's wrong? How did I not know this? And there was all kinds of drama in my head until I just thought, Cindy, 
Sit down at your computer and finish the class. Put the workbook together and quit whining. This is reality. Your reality is your business owner. You also have to adapt your mindset because Apparently you weren't paying attention and you didn't know this class was sneaking up on you and you can absolutely sit your butt down right now and get that class done, which of course I did after I give myself a good talking to. All of these strategies can work individually or in combination. And I mentioned in the last couple of podcasts, we were moving and how I coped with that. But even though we've moved into this big, beautiful house and it is brand new, there's still all kinds of things that aren't done yet. So Brad and I have been kind of stressed out the last couple of weeks about what we need to get done, things that are not done, things that aren't finished. And with the holidays on the horizon, we're going to be entertaining family. So what we did was generated a list of all the things that were stressing us out. What were potential stresses? And then we had to look at that list. Are they harmful? Are they threatening? Or are they challenging? You know what? None of them were harmful or threatening. All of them were just challenging. And I have faced a lot of challenges in my life. I know you have too. When you think of something as challenging, I think, oh my goodness, thank goodness. It's only challenging. It's not harmful. It's not threatening. It is just challenging. We can all do hard things. So let's just hunker down and do the hard things. So what we did was merged our lists, came up with our top three stressors, we prioritized which were most important, and we started taking action. What was kind of cool is we adapted our thoughts and attitudes, the things that we were talking about, the things that were draining us, and then we started altering. We started thinking, what are the things we can do? How can we cope with these three things that were bothering us, and how could we take action? What was also super cool about this is we both immediately felt better because we identified what the stress was, we wrote it down, and then we start tackling it. We understood the challenge, and then we chose the actions to overcome them. In this case, we operated as a team because we were very united about those priorities, and we focused together on our action plan and solving each of them within less than a week. When you have a chance to write down your stress list, and please do that for your own mental health. Write down all the things that are stressing you and then pick your top one or two. What are the two things? They might be two personal things. Maybe they're not even work-related, but you know that when you are stressed out personally, it affects you professionally. Pick out those top two and then think about those two components of Richard Lazarus's definition of stress. Number one, we have to think about that situation and what meaning we're giving it. Is it harmful? Is it threatening? Or is it challenging? Then we have to think about our available resources. Can we resolve it? Can we resolve it through problem solving or regulating our emotions? And then take a peek at the four A's. Is there something there that you can avoid? What can you alter? How can you adapt? And do you need to drop into acceptance? These are beautiful strategies for you to remember and for you to coach, not just right now, but all through the holiday season. Go into the new year thinking differently about stress and your ability to cope with it deliberately, intentionally, and helpfully. Brad just said tonight, you should write about your joy in solving their problems this last week. <laughs> and I thought, hey, maybe I will. <laughs>